She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. You know what I've learned? You know what I've learned? What have you learned? Man, if you want to gain the respect of old white men, (laughs) just get a a really big ass truck. (laughs) Because because all of a sudden, old bearded white men stop and they look at you and you're like, oh, that's nice. On the roof? No, no, we can't go on the roof. You can take her on the roof if you'd like. This is a rule of thumb for my life, is that when seven-year-olds think what you're doing is cool, you are on the right track. I Keep really doing it. I think so. I really think that's I like that. I truly, truly think so. That is the best measuring stick for a, a life well lived. I'm a simple man. Don't want a White men. Yeah. They all they always They're tell always us like, like Whoa. you stole that thing. Yeah, stole is the word. You stole that thing. And yeah, we, I never get tired of hearing this. I know. I'm <laughs> but we knew it because when when we picked it up, we tried to hightail it out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I thought yeah. the cops are gonna be after us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. It's good to have you here. Well, what are we talking about today? We're talking (laughs) (laughs) today on the eve of embarking on the greatest journey of our lives so far, aka living full time in our truck camper and going to drink ayahuasca and serve combo. Oh, God damn, that sounds crazy. I hope no one's like just starting to listen <laughs> from that episode because they might have just tuned out. They're like, okay, these guys are nuts. Out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <With> dummies. <laughs> we actually sit down to reflect on the last four months of getting ready and everything that we had to do. And we spend most of the time of this on this episode talking about the process of getting the truck camper why we chose to get that vehicle rather than something else and and how the buying process went and everything and we just generally reflect on everything we had to put in place to be ready to leave one of the favorite things of travelers everywhere is to talk about how and why they travel the way they do yes and uh so we're going to indulge in uh, this traveler's pastime we hope you enjoy it let's get into it let's get into it Good morning, far out journeyers, wanders, and seekers. <laughs> nice, nice. Still trying out new still, different things. Still trying, still trying. I yeah. like it. I yeah. like it. Hi, Alistair. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome to a fresh episode. Fresh. Of Far Out. Yes. And uh, it's Thanksgiving here. It's Thanksgiving morning. That yeah. gives you an idea of uh, how far we are. Uh, Don't start a weekly podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say right now. Because then you might be recording on Thanksgiving morning. For it to be published in like a month or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're getting ahead because actually we're, um, we're on the eve of leaving California. And very eve. that's the topic of today is, is kind of this, what's turned out to be a four month journey from when we left Guatemala to literally days away from embarking on a new 
grand adventure. And it and I have to tell you, it's been a huge amount of work. Oh my God. We want to talk about a few areas of that. And God, the excitement and energy right now is is palpable. Um I feel like a racehorse in a box, you know, like ready to, you know, just waiting for the drill. <laughs> just like go. Ah! And, so we leave on Monday, which is in a few days, and we literally just got the camper finished with the solar install, which has turned out to be a huge project. Well, yeah, I, w- I will say it's finished from like the uh, t- technical help yeah. perspective. Julie we- Roxanne's been the, the she, she, we made a kind of deal yes. at the beginning where it's like, okay, Julie Roxanne's going to worry about the inside of the camper mm-hmm. and I will be concerned with the outside of the camper. Yeah, and uh, although I've been working on the inside in a myriad of ways for the last three months uh, since we got the camper, it's my real work, the real nesting work starts today. And if you don't know, when we're talking about the camper, we're talking about, so we have a name for, well, for the truck, really, but for, uh, for the, uh, whole thing. the whole thing. Yeah. Her name's Dorothy. She is. Uh, we, we like to call her Big D. Dottie. Dottie. I, mean, I, don't, I don't call her Big D. You Alistair don't call her does. Big D. I like to do it once in a while. <laughs> uh, Dottie, Dorothy, and she is a 3500 Dodge Ram truck with a V10 engine, 4x4 dually, which, uh, you know what I've learned? You know what I've learned? <laughs> what have you learned? Man, if you want to gain the respect of old white men, <laughs> just, get a truck. just get a really big ass truck. <laughs> Because cause all of a sudden, old bearded white men stop and they look at you and you're like, oh, that's nice. And uh, and you, they start and they kind of like mosey over and look at it and you're like, yeah, yeah. I remember like, the days yeah, of my yeah. and they all and- they all are like, yeah, I spent the summer of, you know, 2009 in Colorado in one of those. And and then you're like, well, what she got under the hood? And, you know, and then she's like, yeah, she's got she's a four by four. Nice. How much you pay for her? You know, like it's it's apparently it's the way to uh, to hang out with old white men. And you talked to a guy in Tennessee recently who uh, seemed very impressed. Yeah, I was calling about replacing our alternator to get a high power alternator. So this guy works selling alternators in Tennessee, and I called him because he had one in stock. We we were thinking about getting, and uh, so he's like, "Okay, you got a Dodge thirty five hundred. That's the V eight engine." And I was like, "No, it's actually the V 10 And he's like. Oh, that's a nice engine. <laughs> the, a and I imagine, in my mind, it's like, wow, if we get that kind of compliment from a guy who sells alternator back in Tennessee. Yeah, then, you're doing uh, it right. We're, we're doing something you're right. You're doing it right. We, we're looking for the approval of very strange people. <laughs> I'm not looking for it, but no, we're just getting no, it. No, but I'm just saying, like, it seems like this, what we're about to embark on, we get the approval of really two types of people, old white guys and kids <laughs> yeah that's true because there's actually uh so uh, someone who lives in the neighborhood her granddaughter yeah she takes her walking around her scooter or whatever and she comes by and her granddaughter's been admiring our camper and wants it thinks it's so cool that we're living in that she came inside she came inside at some point because i was doing stuff and she came by and uh, she came inside and then she just looked at her grandmother and she was like can we go can we go on the top and her grandma was like on the roof no, no, we can't go on the roof. You can take her on the roof if you'd like. This is a rule of thumb for my life, is that when seven-year-olds think what you're doing is cool, you are on the right track. I Keep really doing think it. So. I really think that's I like truly, that. I truly, truly think so. That is the best measuring stick for a, a life well lived. <laughs> so so we've got the truck. She's a beaut. 
Uh, she's got about 143,000 miles on her. And on uh, she's hauling a truck camper, which slides into the pickup. Yeah. Um, it's a Lance camper. It's one of their smaller additions. It's like it's like about nine feet. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like the Ritz, though. Like this, the guy we got it from on Craigslist. We had, I think we have an episode where we talk about this, but like he got everything top of the line when he got it. Mm-hmm. So like the truck's got the leather seats. It's it's it, beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. It's, Dorothy is a so the way I the way I see the essence of Dorothy is she's like a southern brawl. You know, like she's 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 a little like slow, You know, like low to the ground, got muscles, is like able to like farm all day and and uh, and still like cook and raise five kids. Yeah, like, she's she's a tough cookie. She is. She and is. Uh, the camper is four seasons. Uh, we just had uh, an incredible solar system installed on it. We'll get into that later. Uh, um, it's got a furnace that blows fire, uh, central heating. It's 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 barely been lived in at all. Yeah. The, a camper is a 2013, but it's it's almost brand new because the guy didn't spend much time in it. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about truck camper. And we've got a lot of pride in this thing now because we've been working on it for like... Three yeah, months. I feel like a good a good place to to back up this story though is I mean when we got here we got here early August and as you know now we're recording this on Thanksgiving we got here early August and honestly we got here with an inkling of a plan which seems to be the way we do shit and we, two backpacks we, you know, we just yeah two backpacks we'd been traveling for years living out of a backpack yeah. and then one suitcase of thirty pounds of cacao. And blankets from Guatemala. <laughs> we got That's, our priorities right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. We just but but it, when we arrived, it, it's always funny for me to look back because we arrived with what I thought was pretty well-rounded plan. You know, I thought we had thought about a lot of. I think we did, but there's only so much you can think about in the abstract, and then yeah. reality hits. You have to execute. And, and so you know, you arrive, and then it's oh god, how do we actually start? And you spent weeks on craigslist and we beyond that for the first three weeks of our stay here because we arrived on the 7 we bought it on the 30th so for literally the first three weeks we was we were going on walks every day at the end of the day around the neighborhood and we're living with our parents so like or with, my parents yes. so like we, we moved in the same parents that would be really weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> Okay, so but I tend to call them. We, we moved now. back in yeah. for the moment, um, which has been uh, an interesting experience. They've it been has. they've been very supportive. It's it, been it's ha- it has been uh, like really formative and good. But I think like, it's been challenging for everyone. Yes, as, as well. And we had a couple things we had to do. We needed to get some vehicle or something to live in. That was our plan. It's like mm-hmm. we're gonna, and uh, we also needed you to immigrate. Yes, uh, that was... Oh my God. Which wasn't absolutely straightforward either, especially yeah. with the Trump administration. But, yeah. and Again, I mean, your dad says that a lot, and, and I don't think that it would have been a lot easier without the Trump no, administration. No, but I like to throw the Trump administration uh, in the bus. I got it. It, didn't make, it, did, it did make it harder. It made it, it more expensive and slightly more complex. Well, Trump also made it not possible to apply from a consulate in another country. Yeah, well, that was because of the COVID situation, right? That was like, quote, unquote, that was the reason. I don't, Just saying yeah, there was yeah, not yeah. a lot of support. Yes, yes. I mean, and, and so we, yeah, we had to do... We we had a to-do list of... That's not even it. I mean, we also had to get... We have no real 
we had to get all the things most of us ha- uh, already have when yeah. you live in a country, right? Yeah. Bank accounts, kind of insurance, all these things. So yeah. there, there was a lot of kind of paperwork to go through. It took me literally three months to move to move my bank account. You, you had to down, been... you had to downsize your business and basically get rid of it. Yes, and and we also downsized some of uh, our other podcast producing and editing work that that was under my name. Yeah, and all the while. Um, I, with my business partner, Kelly, we were managing, um, basically rebranding our whole company based on what's happened over the last year. So that's all going on over this like four month period. It, it's been like, it's such a crossroad. Like it, it's, it's crazy how much we had to change. And I will say this, as we approach leaving, I'm starting to barely grasp the amount of work and commitment and energy and all that that this these last four months have taken. I mean, it's huge. I I I have been pretty much floating in the wind, sort of traveling for four years plus at this point, almost five. And and now I'm here and I'm establishing myself in this new country and and it's it's a lot it's a lot like psychologically it's a lot and it it happened the way we seem to do things which is to say oh we'll just do it and we you know there's how much can you really process of what that's going to mean to move your residency on a i'm talking more on like a psycho spiritual level you know it's like my home has always been france and all of a sudden i'm like trying to establish a new home which I'm super grateful for, and I think I was, I said something to a a friend the other day who asked me, like, do you guys think you're going to stay here? And uh, while I'm, I'm done trying to make predictions of where our life is going (laughs) to take us, because we've seemed to have moved country literally every year since we've been together, if not more. Yeah. Um, You might as well consult Magic 8-Ball. Yes. So I'm, I'm done. But on the other hand, there is a feeling that I get when I'm in nature here where I feel like this is the country my heart was supposed to come and live this, live a, a big chunk of this lifetime at least. Um, and, and, and I know that by marrying you, even if, you know, we end up moving in two years, my heart also belongs to here. There's a piece of my heart in this country. And it's like, as I reflect on my life, that's always been the direction I was going for or what, not consciously, but it just happened to be that way. I, I've had that feeling I mean, I think we've always had that feeling in our relationship that at some point there would be at least a stage in the U.S., like a serious stage, yeah. that it, we were kind of moving there. And we didn't know, we knew it was a massive commitment to get there, like it was going to be a big deal, mm-hmm. and did not see it coming this fast. But there was kind of a sense like, sooner or later, we're going to have to swallow this pill. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's totally right. I mean, we, we on our, on our, when we got married, one of the... Uh, one of the buckets we asked for people to participate and kind of throw money in was the green card process for Julie Roxanne. So we knew this was coming. And uh, I have to say, I I was dreading it. it. It ended up being not as hard as I thought. It was challenging, but we hired really awesome attorneys and and they've been really supportive and helpful in the process. And again, to clarify for people who don't know what the green card entails, uh, I've filed for my application, but it's, it's going to be another two, two and a half years before I actually get my green card. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of waiting and sort of 
processing that happens during that time. So, but you're allowed to be in the country. But I'm allowed point. to be in the country at this point, which it's the first time in my life that I've been uh, in the U.S. longer than three months. And, and it it feels right. It feels right. I'm currently um, stuck here. Because I can't, if I leave the country, then they assume that my green card application is has yeah. been, uh, you know, let go of. So I, I'm stuck here until I can travel again, which hopefully will be around the spring of 2021. I think one other thing that's made this transition really crazy, because it's been really intense. I mean, it's, it's required a lot, um, is that the vision is kind of crazy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like what we're moving toward, it's definitely blurry. Oh, yeah. Uh, like it's not super. We didn't move here for like a job offer. Yeah, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like, like, yeah. like there's. We moved here uh, to kind of follow a crazy vision that yeah. has, uh, I would say, kind of started to unfold and reveal itself over the course of this year. And it's one of those things where like everything. It feels right. It feels like life is kind of guiding you and saying like, "Go this way. Mm-hmm. Go this way." Mm-hmm. But, but you at the end, you kind of have to take it on faith because you know there. There's nothing super solid or tangible Mm -hmm. it's just a very strong feeling that this is the right move and i think a lot of times in these cases you you know when you're moving that direction when it's almost like there's an energetical pull and you can kind of tap into that current yeah i also think a lot of times the world responds and you can see signs um you get help in Mm -hmm. places you you wouldn't have expected and and that can also kind of in my mind kind of let you know you're on the right path. Yeah. And that's that's been the case. It's been, honestly, it's been the biggest leap of faith I've ever taken in my entire life. And, and I have this uh, <laughs> strong suspicion that they're only going to get bigger. Uh, like, like that life is going to continue to ask them and that they're only going to get bigger. The funny thing is when we left, we, we had found a really comfortable life in Guatemala. Yeah. Like, we found a beautiful place, a, a really great place. We had like work going for us that could sustain us living there. Yeah. And that was kind of a goal we were moving toward over the last couple of years. It's like, all right, how do we work remotely? How, where do we want to live? Yeah. We found all these things in Guatemala. Yeah. And as soon as we found them, we moved. Yeah. And what's funny about this whole working remotely thing, it, it's, it's that's that's another thing that I've had to integrate over the last month, the last four months is that I have, I, I don't, at the moment, and I'm I'm continuing to be open for things to change, but at the moment, I have no desire whatsoever to like continue to build my life in this way. Like I want to be more rooted. I want to be more in 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 the physical presence realm. I, I I'm I don't know. I just the other day I tried to attend a, a online like zoom sort of um webinar thing i just i couldn't even make it through 20 minutes i just i'm not interested anymore at this point and it's just it's interesting because for the last two years that's most of what my energy was being used for um and yeah and something else that comes up as we're talking about this is on this leap of faith sort of line of thought the amount of commitment that this leap of faith is asked, like the amount of question that life is posed of what's, what's it going to be? What are you going to do? Like, what are you committing yourself to? You know, it's a, it might seem, it might seem like stupid, but I mean, the green card process is a lot of money. And so it's like, 
you it's a commitment that you're gonna get a residence in a country like th th this it is pretty strong commitment like energetical commitment to to you know deciding what direction i'm gonna go and like moving my money my residency everything to to the u.s it's a it's a big big step and and then I mean, the camper, that's the biggest expense I've ever had yeah, in my I mean, entire life. I, the numbers haven't been totally tallied, but I guess when we do look at them totally for this move, yeah. it's going to be about forty to $50,000 commitment. I think I, yeah, I think closer to $50,000. Yeah. On the, like, the total, like everything included, yes, yeah. $50,000 50 so for sure. That's, that's a, definitely a big step. I mean, for a traveler, it's like, well, I could, uh, there's a lot of places in the world I could live for pretty much the rest of my life. Yes, man. <laughs> Bali, India, yeah. and wherever I could. Like, Even in Guatemala, that that would take you pretty far. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a big it's a big commitment. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, and it feels it feels actually really nice to uh, kind of round it up in our heads. You know, it feels like we're sort of running the numbers at this point before we're jumping into the next stage. I I I wanted to a little bit talk about the process of deciding what kind of vehicle we were going to get. Yeah, let's do that. Let me tell you, we had this vision. We had this idea. We had no clue really what vehicle we were going to get. We had the benefit of having lived in a trailer in France, as some of uh, the old listeners here may recall. The OG. So, so we, we weren't coming into it completely, completely green. Yeah. Um, and that definitely helped in, in thinking about, like, we had a sense of space and, and things and how, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that thing never moved. <laughs> the trailer? No, no, no. And it was definitely, this is a very different situation. And we were going back and forth between, well, there was basically four options I mm -hmm. can think of, four ma main options, which was truck and camper, mm -hmm. like a truck camper like we got. Yeah. Um, or there was a truck and trailer. Mm-hmm. Or there would have been a like a van, a van life situation. So that's like the Mercedes Sprinter, Sprinter yeah. or the Dodge version of it, or whatever, yeah. Ford, whatever it is. Transit and those yeah, cargo vans yeah. that that usually have to be done up. And the fourth option was an RV. Yes, and let me state here that we had done the renovation process in the trailer in France. And one thing we knew for damn sure is that we were not going to do the renovation. We had no interest in that. None done whatsoever. It it's was... so time consuming. And thank God we didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's it's fun to do if that's what you want to do. And we had a great time doing it, but we've done it and we don't have a lot. No, we, we, to... our energies, our energies taken. Elsewhere. Plus, we we knew what that kind of project was, and we don't we don't have the time for that. We we actually we needed like there was a point in getting here, which was yes. to start following our you know our spiritual teachers and start practicing with the medicine again. Yes. And yes. and so we wanted to get to that as fast as possible. Yeah. Little did I know it would take four months, honestly. That's another thing, is we didn't know how long this would take, but I honestly, I think in my most conservative estimates, we were gone by the 15th of October. <laughs> I was hoping for three months at the most, yeah. Yeah. Thought it'd be faster. So, all right. So why did we pick a truck camper? Well, it, it was, it took three weeks of taking walks around the block for for all every day and like processing. And we, we were going back and forth every day. I think we pretty early on 
even though we kept revisiting it later, we knew you were not gonna get a trailer. It's just it's no, we didn't want to drive a trailer. Big, it's yeah, I didn't feel I I didn't feel comfortable with the idea of me having to drive that thing at some point. And, and the, it, the benefit of a trailer is you can get a less heavy duty truck because when you're towing versus hauling, yeah. hauling is when you put it on the pickup. But yeah. when you're towing, you don't need as strong a truck to to manage that. So. And the other benefit is that trailers are a lot cheaper than and truck the, campers. And, and the other benefit is that it's a lot easier to unhook your truck from your trailer. And if you're parked somewhere, then your vehicle is made available easily, yeah. right? Like it's easy to unhook yeah. and separate the two. The major downsides are that you're driving with something that could be 25 feet long or whatever yeah. behind yeah. you, which yeah. neither of us were stoked about that idea. And the the other one is that you're so limited about where you can park or what you can access mm. when you're hauling or when you're towing the trailer. And we just, we, we weren't keen on that. There was the there was the allure of the space that we would have yeah. from living in a trailer because usually you can get, you you have a lot more space. It's 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 uh, more, more spacious. But yeah. we're pretty versed in living in small spaces we and are. being pretty minimalist. So we had pretty high confidence that that, we didn't need that much space and that we would actually prefer the mobility and the ease yeah. of something else. Yeah. So tra- we, we kept coming back to it. And when we're walking around the neighborhood, we look at other people's vehicles yes. and kind of try to imagine ourselves in them. And But we we uh, I think the trailer was the first one to go. I think, well, yeah. And, and keep in mind that up until the very last minute, we were still sort of juggling all these ideas. But yeah. I think trailer was the least likely to happen. I think the second least likely to happen was going to be the RV. Yeah. We, uh, what I liked about the RV is that it's very comfortable. Like those spaces are super nice. And something, for some reason, I'm just really keen and, and, I just wanted that and we didn't end up getting that. But the ability to like the cab is not separate, like the driving cab is not separated from the living space. So basically, you don't actually have to step out of your vehicle when you're stopping somewhere to access your living space. I just really love that. That's why the van option was a a strong one for me, too, because... You know, I mean, I know it's not theoretically legal, but it's like if we're driving and you get hungry or something and you're driving and I'm the passenger, I can, you know, get up and get a bag of chips and and, and pour a, a glass of kombucha or whatever and like bring it to you. I just I like that ease. And I also like the idea that we could just we didn't have to step out of the vehicle to access the living space. It was definitely the most comfortable option. Yes. And obviously it makes really great use of the space. And on the money front, it was not crazy. Like we could get something really nice for not an exp- an outrageous amount of money. Yeah, so that had it, that was also going in its favor. The big downsides, well, probably the one that really ruled it out was that uh, RVs can't go a lot of places. Yes. You're kind of stuck on the on the pavement. And uh, we were anticipating that we needed off-road ability. Yeah, they have very small, like the clearance under the vehicle is like super low. And and the thing is... And they're heavy as hell. And like they got a lot of stuff going on there. So... And the thing is like, you got... Imagine us walking around a suburban neighborhood in the Bay Area, California, and just like trying to imagine what the life we're about to embark on is going to look like, even though we have no idea. We have very few hints, but one of the hints was our shamans, they got a truck and a, tra- and a trailer 
and they are planning to do boondocking and they're planning, which means they're planning to live on like public land that is like free to stay. So we need to be able to follow them. So we need, so we need to be able to follow them. And for that reason, even though it really broke my heart because I really liked the cush comfort of an RV, we sort of had to give the RV. The, the other thing I think worth mentioning with the RV option is that there's a lot of systems that are integrated. Yes. And it can, it's kind of a complicated Situ- vehicle and if something breaks down it can be tough to fix so yes. like maintenance wise rvs are can be a bit of a pain fair so that was also going through our heads and i think this is a thing with preparing for uh, some some sort of journey like this that you really don't have no idea for you're doing it for the first time is that it's so hard to imagine what you're actually going to do yes. and so much of the work is just really trying to get clear on what you're doing yes. and what you're really not going to do because I I remember it being told to me multiple times. It's like with any kind of vehicle that you're going to live in, there's compromises. You can't get it all, right? And so you're constantly having that battle in your head about, okay, what are the priorities? What's the most important aspect? Is it comfort? Is it like off-road ability? Is it gas mileage? Like, and, and, and that's, that's tricky because you, you have to realize what is the thing I'm not going to negotiate on, right? Mm -hmm. That's usually the way to kind of, Get like for example the RVs the four by four capability we kind of ruled it out with the trailers like we don't want to drag that thing but you gotta kind of fu- you kind of have to eliminate options yes. that aren't going to work because it's so hard to know exactly uh, what you're going to need yeah. and so many things are going to tempt you like oh it'd be nice to have that and all of a sudden you're going in the wrong direction yeah and and I yeah you're totally right that is the hardest part about about this like vision quest almost you know it's just like what are we going to need and I remember I asked this question at one point because we were like getting regularly stuck in our thinking process we were having dinner with your parents every night and every night we would come home from our walk with a different idea you know it's like oh we've gone back to the idea of a van actually the van's the best and then like oh no actually we're thinking RV's great and like Oh, God, for three weeks. Yeah, it was a back and forth about those priorities. And it reminds me a lot of packing a backpack for the first time when you're going to go travel. Yeah. Right? Because I I had the same process. And, you know, some of the best advice there is like, just what do you do in your life? Don't think that your life is going to be radically different than it is now. Yeah. Pack for that, you know. and And kind of go with the essentials and then build on from there. Of course, that that doesn't totally transfer when you have to buy a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. So... I think I think something that this process has helped us get clear on, and it seems to be what we always come back to to some degree, is uh, we we want to be flexible. Like that's one of the biggest priorities for us in our life so far. It's like if we look at our life, the consistent thing is we want to be able to pivot and and be flexible at a moment's notice. And so, I think. That is one of the things that earlier, early on ruled out the RV and the trailer because we felt it was not going to be flexible enough for us. And this is why a sprinter van was pretty appealing. Ah, it was, man. Because it's, I mean, as far as flexibility goes, that's the most flexible option. There, You can park those things a lot of places. You can park them residentially and... And that had a lot of allure because you can do stealth. Yeah, it's, stealth it's pretty stealthy, kind of. so it's easy for that reason. Yeah, but when we started looking into it, it started to look more and more like a bad deal in a couple of ways. One, I think the thing we realized with Sprinter Vans is that they were for a pretty on-the-go type of person. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're living full-time in a Sprinter Van, it's, it seems to usually be because you really want to travel and see different 
places. Yeah. Like where you're going all the time. You you're not living in the 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 sprinter van. You're living out of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a place to stay. And then maybe you're going out and doing things. And it's not really the greatest livable space. Uh, it's pretty small and it's always going to start as a cargo van so it was never really designed for that in the first Mm -hmm. place and you can modify it and make it pretty pretty nice but um i got that sense first of all that um it wasn't going to be the most comfortable option and there's going to be some some downsides to that and it was going to be so small i mean even if you get the longest type of cargo van which we were not super keen on doing it for we were in a weird situation because we were not willing to do the renovations ourselves and the only places i knew who could do renovations there was a ton of like w- like there was a wait list and then it was very expensive and it wouldn't have worked for us but ultimately if we were to have gone the 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 cargo van like the sprinter van route i think the best option for us would have been to have someone custom design it for us because we were when we started going through what we wanted in in a place like where we were going to live, we toyed around with the idea of a lot of sprint events don't have bathrooms or or showers, right? Some people have like a composting toilet under the bed that you can sort of pull out when you need to, but it's not designed for, it's not easy to fit a shower. It's pretty rare, the vans that yeah. have a shower. And the vans we saw that had a shower were so crammed. There yeah. was like a bed, a kitchen, a, a bathroom. Like there was no other spaces. And one thing that came pretty clear is that if we're going to live in this place full time and like we're stuck inside on a rainy day, for instance, or we go places that are a bit cold because this we is where... We need to work inside. Yeah. And, and so we knew we were going to want a separate space than the bed, like a table and a little like, you yeah. know, booth area. And very early we realized, okay, vans are rarely going to offer that option. And we're working with a budget. I yes. mean, we, we had kind of penciled in. We're like, okay, I think our target... With solar installed, I think we were saying like 30 would be great. 35 would be kind of the up 40 would be starting to push. Yeah. We'd start to feel a little uncomfortable at 40, but yeah. we had no idea because we were looking on Craigslist and, you know, uh, because of everything that's going on, any, any mobile kind of vehicle you can live in is flying off Craigslist. Yes. They're not staying on there very long. Everyone's looking for these options right now. So the market... There's a lot of demand. So we were also kind of like, we had no idea exactly what we were going to have to pay. But we were thinking, you know, 30 would be great. 40 would be acceptable. I hope to God we don't have to go above 40. And I mean, vans are outrageously expensive. Yeah, right they're now so trendy. They're so trendy and popular. And people just, there is a lot of, there is a lot of uh, upside to having But a not van. the amount of upside that the market seems to suggest. Yes. They're way overpriced for what, what they are. Um, and I think that's, that's a combination of like they're Instagrammable yes. and they're, um, they're just kind of in vogue at the moment, and there's not a lot of them that are well done. And that was one of the reasons it was hard for me to let go of that idea because I think I was, I had the Instagram vision imprinted in me. Not that I was going to do a great Instagram like reporting of our life, but you know, you just see it so much that you think, oh, it's great. But but those things are running anywhere from like a good one is running probably seventy to one hundred and ten thousand yeah. dollars, which is a crazy amount of money. No way. No way. And and if you go any lower than that, all of a sudden, you're going to get something with a lot of mileage, pro- probably. And here's, this was the real bullet nail yes. in the coffin, which was, 
okay, great. They have good mileage, right? Like that's pretty appealing. Like these things get, you know, double the mileage of a truck towing something or of Dorothy. Yeah. Um, It's that V10 engine, baby. (laughs) But, but then you start, I started looking a little closer and I was starting to get this sense and I was reading things that suggested this, that the maintenance on, it's a Mercedes and you, you have to take it to particular people. We had actually seen one that had broken down in Guatemala before we left because we had been there. There was a possibility we were going to drive that up, but they have some parts in them that are not easy to replace and that are kind of finicky. And then there just seems to be a a regular amount of maintenance that can be a thousand or thousands of dollars a year. And we were also getting the sense as we started to do a little bit more research that people were putting a lot of money into renovating them and then not having any money left when they broke down and Mm -hmm. having to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's the last thing I want to deal with is having to go to a Mercedes dealer for special parts and and the labor. uh, Like when you have a specialized mechanic like that, it's just like, no, we need something everyone can work on. We need something that's damn reliable. And I would, you know, you're never going to make it up in gas mileage. Mm -hmm. Like those costs, those costs were huge. So they were not, they're expensive cars all around. Yeah. And I mean, we also were starting to look at not getting a Mercedes and getting either the the, the Dodge. I don't think we were keen on getting the Ford because we've had Fords before. And, and, and Both Fords I've had it broke down. Yeah. So we're, we're like, no, no, we'll steer clear of the Fords. But another thing that, that really did it for us, I remember, was so there was the price for getting something nice. There was the uh, the, the mileage, like you know, the possibilities for it to break down. There was a space. The living space was a huge thing for me. And and then the other thing was we started realizing that they might not be as um, versatile as we wanted them to be. So we might have asked, trouble accessing certain parts of, you know, public land. And They're not like four that. by four unless you're going to pay yes, well over $100,000. I remember that now. Yes, it was that. It was we realized that we would need a four by four if we wanted to have the life we were looking at. And we just didn't have the budget for a four by four. And I think that's sort of how we dropped the van idea. Yeah, I think the... It was hard to drop it. It was really hard. The, the mobility and that stealth camping, that can be, it's pretty much like the all-in-one vehicle. If you yes. want a little bit of everything yes. and you don't you don't want to like commit to one way of life on the road, mm-hmm. your spinner van is your option. Uh, but you also you also need to have a good chunk of change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing. And so in comes the truck camper. So the truck camper is probably the second most mobile option. Right? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not as bulky as an RV. Yeah. There's a you, sense that you can get away parking that thing in places. So we had heard that from someone that we knew who lived in the truck camper for a year and a half. And and she was saying, you know, there are tricks. If you need to sleep in a residential area, you can get away with it. You just park on a, on a corner so that you don't really know which... So like houses don't really know. And then you arrive a little late and you leave a little early. But and, we're, we're not looking at like zigzagging across the USA yes, all the time. Yes. I mean, we're, we're more looking at like, okay, we're going to try to get places for specific retreats and, and different things. And then we're going to try to stay there yes. for a while because yes. we work yes. and we need the internet. And that's going to be a pain if you're always searching for it. So we're more looking at boondocking and kind of staying in place for, you know, weeks at a time mm-hmm. and things like this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a lifestyle we're looking at. We're, we're not going into cities. Yeah. We're going to 
as much as we can avoid that. Yeah. So that's kind of worth that keeping was in mind. a huge part of our thinking process. Also, I'm I'm now remembering it because we were also trying to think. We're going to offer combo on the road. How is that going to work? Yeah. And are we going to have to go into cities, driving into a city with a trailer? With a trailer? That sounds nuts. awful. This yeah. is why the van was actually working for a while yeah. because we were like, well, it's great if we need to go into cities. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized we are not going to do that. Not we're much. going to be a lot in nature. And then when we drive into cities, hey, it's the US. You, you know, like you can park a truck camper. Yeah. We like, just won't go downtown San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh. But the truck camper actually turns out to be really easy to drive. I mean, you can drive that thing around a parking lot. Yes. Uh, no problem. So, and it had a couple other good things going for it. It's kind of like, it also had a level of comfort that's not exactly RV level, but... I was going to get a bathroom and a toilet and a real kitchen. Real kitchen. And real. this is, I think... And the thing, a sitting area, too. We were going to have area. a booth. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things we came to was like, we need to enjoy living in this thing. Otherwise, we're going to be miserable. And like, you have to remember also, we're both introvert. We're both highly sensitive people. And while I think for an extrovert, the sprinter van is great, is great because you can always be outside having your senses yeah. like, but I need to have a place that I feel safe for treating in to recharge. And if like that place is I need a place the to bed, read, yeah, work. exactly. It, yeah. So it, it felt important to have an in, an indoor space that was big enough. In a full for, kitchen, yes. not, not a, where you'd yes. see in a sprinter van. Yes. You know? Another aspect of it was that the engine wasn't attached to the living space. Mm. You know, those were separate, right? So mm -hmm. if we have a problem with the truck, it's not a problem with the camper mm -hmm. and kind of vice versa. And that's one of the things that always scares the hell out of me with an RV. I remember early on, we got that advice when we were living in Portugal, um, when we were living off grid there. It's just like someone making the point, like, look, you don't want your engine attached to your home. You and just every don't. Time you, every time we, ju we just play, like, say things like that, like when we were living off grid in Portugal, like, well, who has this life? What is this life that I don't even try to make happen sometimes? How we lived in the, well, anyways, sorry, tangent. So it had that going for it. And we kind of came to the conclusion it'd be really good to have a four by four truck because then we're really not limited. And with the camper, you can take it off if you need to. Yes. So this, this and is all... And budget-wise, that was... We were actually looking at options that were doable. Like... It we, was a little more tricky because what we learned with the truck campers is that there, there's less supply of them. They're mm -hmm. harder to find. And less people have demand. them. And they cost more per square foot than a trailer does. Mm. So they're actually more expensive mm -hmm. than a trailer. You can get a lot nicer trailer for the same price as a truck camper. Mm -hmm. So... It was a bit more expensive option, but it seemed like that was a good fit for us. So, and this is like an ongoing conversation. And I think one of the things that's really helpful for me when I'm trying to figure this out is looking on Craigslist. Oh, Alistair was like on Craigslist every day for three weeks. Because I basically would just put in the parameters and whatever showed up in our budget that was like mobile off-grid, because this needed to be off-grid. Yes. Um then I'd look at it and see what it was. And we'd kind of, then I'd bring it to you and we'd have a conversation about it and kind of whittle it down. So it helped us kind of like actually test. For a while, our, our I, thinking. I used to get daily emails from Alistair that were the uh, Craigslist selection of the day. Yeah, the daily Craigslist, the I think daily I called Craigslist, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> that went on for about three weeks. Yeah. And we, we saw one, we, the second, the truck camper we bought was the second one we actually went and saw. Yeah. 
And also, when you check Craigslist like that, you get a sense of turnover. You get a sense of, you start to get a sense of price was coming in high. Because if you just go in on a day, you have no idea, right, what the market value of anything is. But if you hang out there for days, you see what's being, what's selling, what's disappearing. Mm -hmm. You see when prices are coming down. So you get a sense of where things should be after a couple of weeks. And that takes work for sure. It takes a lot of kind of looking and like this was a like a part-time job for me at that point. Yeah. Something that was tricky in the buying process too was that um it's actually particularly tricky to get the truck and the camper separately. Yeah. I and mean, so for a while I kept thinking, well, we can just, you know, get a truck, a good truck for this amount and then a good camper for this amount. But the thing is they don't always fit and it's not always Yeah, easy. you need to have the right size bed, the right size engine, the right size capability of the truck. Like so it would have been it was better to get one that had been already put together because it would be a lot more work to find two that fit. Yeah. Not impossible, it's, but it not impossible, but the thing is there were a lot less camper than there were trucks. So the 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 tendency would have been to try to get the camper first and then get the truck that goes with it. But then how do we get the camper first? Because we don't have a truck to move yeah, it. And then we can't issues. put it on the streets here because it has to be parked. On, it has to be on it on the bed of a truck if you want to park it on the streets. And, so. but, but like and also when you're buying these things, it's better to get the camper first and then get the truck that fits that camper. Yes. Then, you know, get the truck and, and try to fit a camper to the truck. Yeah. I remember we had to we had to give up a really nice camper that we were seeing on Craigslist, like with a slide out. And it was like it was a living room. Yeah. The, the, it was glorious and it was new. And like when you have a slide out, all of a sudden the space just opens up and it's incredible. A slide out are those like squares that pop out yes. of the side. Yes. That just makes such a big difference on the inside. It of does. The, it's of, it's of pretty the, surprising. Yeah. And so we saw one like this. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast. We went down to Santa Cruz to see one like this. Except, And so it was great. It gave us a first point of comparison. Alistair was able to drive it. We and, spent like three or four hours in Oh my it. God. The, so the owners were really, really great. Yeah, they were great. They were really great. And and uh, we didn't end up buying that camper just because it felt like there was going to be a lot more work than we were. Able it was to a bit in. of a it was a bit of a fixer upper. Like yeah, it needed some TLC. It yeah. needed some love. There was a little bit of solar installed, so that was why we kept like we were like, oh, maybe we can, you know, it's great. That's done because that was the pain point of the whole thing. The whole thing because turns out there's a, there's not that many campers going on on Craigslist. But there's even less off-grid camper. There's almost none. There's almost none. The off-grid stuff is is hard to find. You, so, and honestly, now in retrospect, that solar was not good. It, it was a very small. It, yeah, it was. We not didn't know fit what we needed needs. for solar. Yeah. So we end up getting really lucky. I think we mentioned this yeah, on, a, we, on a different episode, we did. but. Um, and we just found like a once in a like we got the struck gym. by lightning. Yeah, we got something. I, this is the best purchase I've ever made on Craigslist because we got something under market value. Yes. Considerably under market value. And had the truck was extremely well taken care of yes. and solid. And yes. the camper was almost brand new. <sighs> and so I have no much I'm not sure how much we saved, but I know for reference, I've been told that that camper new is just 18 grand. Just the camper. Yes. And we got a, a really good truck with it. And we ended up paying $21,000 once because we got some actual equipment with the truck that uh, we, didn't we, we didn't need that was worth a thousand bucks. So we ended up paying $21,000, which uh, 
which was just ridiculous. I mean, we've had every time we say the price to old white men, yeah. they all they always They're tell us like, like Whoa. you stole that thing. Yeah, stole is the word. You stole that thing. And yeah, we, I never get tired of hearing this. I know. <laughs> but we knew it because when when we picked it up, we tried to hightail it out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I thought yeah. the cops are going to be after us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just it, it just worked out and i remember we made the decision in under like we we came we we were with it for like 30 minutes we had to he he had a, he had about 20 calls within just the time we saw the thing on craigslist within 15 minutes of posting i think yes. it was actually 17 minutes exactly yes. i called the guy and we left immediately and the place was about an hour away that's the beauty of being self-employed you have yeah, to say you can that. do it because and you have to do it if you're going to get those kind of deals you have to and you have to be ready to pay because yeah. we got there we checked it out and by the time we finished checking it out the guy had had 20 messages and calls about the truck camper and and we took it we didn't really, we couldn't shake on it because of COVID. So no. we like elbowed on it or yeah. something. But, uh, but, and then the next day we were coming to pick it up. But I remember we were lying on the bed, you and I, and you were like, what do you think? Should we get it? Because it didn't have solar. That was yeah. it. And it didn't have a slide out too, which was like, oh, should we hold out for something better? But then I just, I just saw the thing. I thought of the price and there was no question we would have paid less price for it what they asked but the, we got we were in a really good situation because the guy who was selling it was actually liquidating the owner's assets because the owner was in a home and his and his health yes. was declining and yes. so they were liquidated and actually the owner had been found driving one of his cars in another city and he didn't know who he was or where he was so they were they needed to get rid of things. Yeah. And so it was this guy's job to get rid of this thing. And he had no financial benefit. Mm -hmm. So, and he actually was a truck salesman. So he knew what he had. And by the time we, we, you know, we had sort of like made friends, you know, we drove, yeah. we drove on the freeway with him and he was telling us that this, that the motor home life was his dream. And that as soon as he retires, he's, you know, getting a, getting a camper. And uh, actually, I think he wanted like a bigger thing. And I think sometimes when you go on these kind of bold, romantic, uh, adventures, right? Or like you, you get the sympathy of people that yes. want to see other people do that. I agree. And I think we got it. I think we did get a sympathy because we came back. He had nothing to gain. He he had all everything to gain from not showing it again mm -hmm. and just selling it. Yes. And so we offered him something that we still thought was reasonable, but was uh, three grand lower than what he was asking. Yeah. And he he took it. And uh, so that was a sweetheart deal. <laughs> Sweetheart Dorothy. And so we drove her out of there, brought her back. And that was merely like a mere three weeks after we arrived, which was great. We were stoked. And then everything else that we had to do sort of came in into focus. You know, yeah. it's like all of a sudden you realize, okay, great. We've done the biggest part, but this thing is empty. We have no cooking equipment we have no you know like we, we don't we even don't know have, how to live in this thing i've never driven a truck in my life i know so there's a lot and there's a lot of little things you know we don't have a comforter we don't have pillows we don't we have a mattress yeah. but like it, it, all of a sudden it's all the thousands and, and thousands of little details that turn a truck camper into a livable home yeah. you know for us and and the biggest part was the solar and I knew nothing about that. The only thing I knew is I didn't want to do it myself. For sure. Uh, I'd already had some electrical issues just wiring up our old trailer. <laughs> and I, I wasn't fond to repeat those. Also, 
It gets a little more complicated with solar, especially with a when you're attaching it to a truck. And I just yeah. didn't want to mess with that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cables and wires in that truck, and God knows. So I ended up doing a lot of research. And the good thing, too, is that we had spent little enough on the on the actual truck camper that we still had room we in had our budget. budget to 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 do that yeah. and have someone do that yeah yeah so that was great and we actually got a tip from a listener of the podcast so shout out to mike yeah because uh mike was the one who uh tipped me off to am solar mm. am solar is a company up in oregon and they're great and they put together solar packages, mainly lithium, but they also do some AGM batteries. And these are different types of batteries. Lithium lithium are the like high-tech batteries that are pretty new. And they require their own kind of equipment because yeah. not everything's lithium ready. And it starts to get complicated. But so what they do is they kind of consult with you yeah. and they put together a package that is all-inclusive and then they provide support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through them and we, we got it. But the... <laughs> The problem, the challenge uh, was who we hired to install it. And wow, um, that really threw a wrench in everything. Well, actually, let's not begin just yet. (laughs) Yeah, we'll save this for another episode, but I'll leave you with a teaser, which is this whole project that we've been talking about that we've been working on for four months that we can leave Mm -hmm. had a challenge at the last moment because the guy we hired to install our solar system, which is the power for our camper, which is absolutely necessary when you're going to Colorado in the winter. Well, a week before we're supposed to leave, without it installed, and that's part of the story, he leaves a message on my phone at 1.30 in the morning telling us he quit. Well, thanks for listening. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, how did we get through that pickle? Well, you'll just have to uh, tune in next week. Tune in next week. We'll tell yep. you the whole story. and uh, That's what we call a cliffhanger. Oh, no, I hate those. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great because at the beginning of the conversation, we said we were ready to go. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe they forgot. <laughs> no, we need to tell you the story and we need to take our time. It's wild. The story. It's wild and it's it has wild. quite a colorful character. It's up to L-Town standards yeah. as, far as, uh, as far as story goes. And if you haven't listened to our early episode about L-Town... Go listen to it. Go, that's Welcome a great to story. L-Town. That's it's not big. Halloween, but... It's, it's, <laughs> it's a great story, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. If you want to support this podcast, there's a few ways you can do that. First one is Patreon. Yeah, become a patron. Our Patreon account is patreon.com slash faroutcouple. Yes, and you can donate uh, as much as you want. And we have three tiers, and there's perks, and you can just have the satisfaction of knowing that your contribution helps this podcast continue yes you're participating in the production of this project yes and thank you to all our current patrons you know who you are thank you thank you two other ways you can support this is help us reach more people yes so you can share it with a friend that's the best way and you can leave a review over at apple podcasts that helps us be found by the algorithm yes all right Thank you. See you next week for the rest of that story. Doodles. Doodles. Doodles.